What's up, View? How y'all doing? Y'all all right? Awesome. Well, listen, welcome. Um, good to see all your faces this week. Uh, I'm excited because um, I love new series. I love new collection of talks. I love um, new opportunities to share with you guys what God's been putting on my heart. And I think I love even more when that thought coincides with my favorite Kanye song. Um, so it is what it is. Um, but I think, I think that tonight is going to be really, really um, impactful. Here's why. So there are some things that, that are so fundamental to uh, the Christian kind of walk. So you come to a church like this, and I know like if you're in church culture or if you kind of know a little bit about church culture, sometimes you can be so, so like churched up you forget to actually like live the Christian life. Have you ever been in that that scenario where where you're so you're so churched up as as far as I know what to do when I go on Sundays. I know I'm going to raise my hand. I know I'm going to I know I'm going to come at this time. I know I'm going to sit in this seat. I know I'm going to get this type of Oreos and cookies and cream. And if that church does not have a coffee shop, I'm out of there. And like you just know, you just pretty much know what it is you're going to do when it comes to church, that a lot of times we forget the easy, foundational, this is what I believe type statements that kind of shape your life. For instance, loving your enemy. That's a, that's a, that's a super simple um, idea, but an often not followed thought that Jesus made it really, really clear that when people see you and they want to know if you're a Jesus follower, they should be able to see how well you love the people that don't like you. Or, or, or or for instance, loving your neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy asks the asks Jesus at one point in the Bible, well, then who is my neighbor? And Jesus basically says, you don't get a pass. You got to love everybody. So th there are these things that happen um, inside of the Bible that I think sometimes it begins to get easy to forget when we kind of get in a routine. And, and tonight is, is exciting for me because I get to be uh, what my pastor calls, Pastor Trey always says this, I get to be you guys' chief reminding officer, your CRO for the night. I get to be that and kind of remind you of something that, like, like nothing that we're going to talk about tonight is going to blow your mind. I don't think you're going to be theologically swooned, you know. Um, my voice is not going to get like this and I talk about the way the atonement and the way that, like, that's not going to happen tonight. But I do believe that there's going to be some beauty in this simplicity. I do believe God's going to speak because a lot of times it's often when we tweak the simple things that the big things kind of just have a way of working themselves out. People kind of wrestle with, well, well how, do I really, how do I really become a Christian? Or how, how do I really do this Christian thing? Act like Christians. And tonight I'm going to talk about one of the things that I believe is fundamental when, it become, when, when, it, when we're talking about um, or when it pertains to Christianity. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. If you got a paper Bible, you can turn there. If you have a cell phone, turn it off. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about relationships. And you're in a church, in a college service where... We're not even going to be talking about dating relationships. I'm just talking about regular relationships. I just want to talk about how we interact with each other. It's, it's, and I think it's, it's great timing. Here's why. We, we started small groups this past week. 
And they're kind of, if you're a Sunday group, you're kind of getting started on this Sunday. Um, my group didn't meet on Sunday because we were watching Tom Brady get spanked. Amen. Um, <laughs> thank the Lord for the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, small groups are kind of kicking off. It's going to be exciting. If you're not in a group, hopefully after tonight, your mind will change. Hopefully after tonight, you'll understand why it's so important that you're in a small group. And we'll kind of add you to that hundred or so number of people that are in the room right now that are already in a small group. Um, so we're, we're starting small groups. We're starting a new series. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about how important relationships are when it comes to the body of Christ. Because here's the thing you have to understand. God didn't create us just to be in communion with him. He also created us to be in communion and community with each other. It's important. Actually, it's foundational. How we interact with each other is foundational to how we live this Christian walk. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to give you a little cheat sheet um, today. But this is the last time we're putting the Bible up on the screen, so you better bring your Bibles next week. I'm just playing. We'll probably always do that, but whatever. Um, we're in verse 8. We're in verse 8. Um, this is what it says. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Little backstory. Um, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I start the scripture and then I always am like, wait, I forgot to tell you this. Um, but but pause. We'll, we'll go back and read that verse again. Um, listen, this, this passage of scripture is written by uh, uh, eyewitness of Jesus's ministry, but also his death and his resurrection. This is written by the apostle um, Peter. And if you don't know Peter, uh, he's a pretty big deal. Um, he's the guy that like walked on water. He was the dude that walked on water and was like, Jesus, I'm doing it. Just kidding. I'm not doing it. Help me. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that's how the Bible says that it went. So don't judge me. Um, he's the same guy that when this girl asked him if he had rode with Jesus in the past, he was like, no, I don't even really know who that guy is. So it, Peter is a beautiful example of human failure in, and success all at the same time. He failed Jesus, but he wrote in the New Testament. Peter is the one writing this book, and I think it's interesting that this comes from Peter because Peter is one of the most beautifully flawed individuals in the New Testament. I don't know about you guys, but my hope is that at the end of my life, I can be beautifully flawed because right now I'm just a whole lot of flawed. Um, <laughs> but when Peter is talking, I tend to listen because as we would say on the streets, he didn't seen some things. Okay, that was terrible. Uh, we're in verse 8. I'm not going to do that again. Uh, real friends, above all, um, keep fervent in your love for one another. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. I think it's interesting that in church we're often known for what we're against rather than what we're for. But here it is that I'm reading scripture that says that loving people covers sins. What, what kind of theology is that? What, what kind of theology is, is, is the, the statement that love can cover sins? I don't know. Maybe we'll dig into it tonight. We'll see. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I love that last part. As each one has received a special gift, employ it 
in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I love this passage of scripture because it makes so clear and plain this idea that as believers, one of the things that should set us apart from everybody else is that we should love people really, really hard. Like, like one of the things that should set us apart from anybody else on the planet, if we're looking at Christians, if we're like, okay, okay, you're a Christian, what's so different about you? We should be able to understand and see that when I'm a believer, one of the traits that has to happen and has to be shown in and through my life is that I have to irresistibly be in love with other people. I've got to love people so much more than myself. And Peter is making this idea known to a group of people um, who are going through a lot. So if you go back and look at the context of, of how and when and where Peter, First Peter and Second Peter were written, it was written to a group of believers in distress. How many of you, of you guys know that when finals comes, you get a, a little bit of distress happening? How many of you guys know that when that job schedules you for a second shift that you didn't ask for, you get a little bit stressed? How many of you guys know that when you get a headache, you get a little bit, I'm stressed about everything I feel like. So I'm like, First Peter is for me, only me. But he's writing to a group of believers who are in distress. And, and, and the, the, the truth is, if we go back a verse before, it's talking about um, the end is near. Now this is, mind you, this is 2,000 years ago. Peter is not necessarily talking about Jesus is coming back tomorrow although he might. What Peter is really talking about is we are in the end times. We are after Jesus' death. So everything that's happening right now is distress for people that believe in Jesus. I know that's not like one of those, hey, come to Jesus. Everything's going to be all right. It's like, come to Jesus. You're going to be stressed. <laughs> but what he's talking about is how to deal with this time where not everybody is 100% on board with what it is you believe. I don't know about you, but I've been in a circle of friends where a lot of times I'm the only one who believes in not having sex before marriage. I'm the only one who believes in not going out every Thursday night. I'm glad you're here. I'm the only one who believes that, that I should be loving people even if they don't look like me. Wow. Peter is talking about these characteristics that should be embodied by God's body. And I'm, I'm so excited to be able to preach this message tonight because Peter is talking about love. Peter is, one of the things that gets me kind of, and this is a total side note, this is for free. You don't even have to tithe for this one. Um, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, one of the things that really gets on my nerves, like, like works me up, gets my blood boiling, is that as believers, we are called to love people we're called to love people, but more people know our political parties. Huh? Nobody's nodding. More people know our, how socially active we are and what, what things we are against and what type of marriages we're not for and how many things that we hate. And how, I, I just find it so insane that, that so many people outside of our faith know the things that we don't like. Peter didn't say, above all, draw lines and make clear that you're against X, Y, and Z. You only vote this way. Peter said, wait, 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 take a step back. You want to make it easy? Above all, love people. Above all, love people. Some of you guys are like, perfect, I can do that. It's not as simple as you think. Let's pray. <laughs> God, we love you so much. We, we pray that you illuminate this scripture in our hearts tonight. We want to receive from you, Jesus. We know that this is real. 
God, we ask that your Holy Spirit is already working on, on somebody's heart who needs a turning point, who needs a pivot, who needs this to be a spark, a catalyst to following you so much more, to seeing you so much clearer. Jesus, tonight, we pray that chains be broken, lives be healed, relationships be formed, and people be set free. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father. We love, we love you. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can I ask you a question real quick? Uh, and you may not agree with me. I may be on my own in this one, and I'm okay with that. I oftentimes am. Um, but does anybody else try really hard to fit in besides me? Like, can, can we be honest about that right now? Can, can like, this be a vulnerable moment where we say uh, we try really, really hard to fit in? If your hand's down, you already are proving my point. Um, <laughs> am I the only one? Here's, I mean, I do all, all sorts of things to try to fit in, and my wife always makes fun of me for it because as individual as I like to think I am, I'm really just a product of, like, three different Instagram accounts, like, if I'm real, real honest, <laughs> And, and I don't know why that is, and I'm not even making fun of the people that are like that. It is, it is, it is true vulnerability tonight that I'm, I'm being real with you guys. The series is called Real Friends. You might as well get the real Jared. I try to fit in all the time. Growing up, I tried to fit in, right? So I was weird. Um, I had a lot going on. As I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I was into magic and, like, dragons and fantasy and stuff and, like, casting, like, spells and stuff. But it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I got healed and redeemed. Boom. Um, but, like, I started playing basketball, not because I love basketball, because my brother and, like, six other, uh, of his other friends played basketball. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Jared, you're four. I was like, yeah, okay, you know. But, but like, growing up, I remember, does anybody remember Jinko jeans? Jinko jeans, am I too old? You don't remember? Y'all don't remember? Millennials, right? Um, Jinko jeans uh, were these jeans that you would wear and you would pull them all the way up to your waist. I want you to know that they're not sagging. You put them all the way up to your waist, but there was like three more pairs of jeans rolled down. You know, like they were so baggy, um, they made bell bottoms look like skinny jeans. I, I mean, like literally these jeans and, and oh yeah, on the back of them, they had like a printed dude on a skateboard, right? Um, and they had these like, they had these like, they, they were like, if cargo pants could make a jean, they, that's Jinkos, okay? These jeans were awful. Even at the time, my mom was like, those look ridiculous. And I was like, Mom, all I want for Christmas is some Jinko jeans. Like, that's all I want, you know? And I was super into these baggy, baggy jeans. She bought them, and I rocked them like they were like Vogue or something. I don't know. I just thought they were all. And the only reason why I wore them is because all the cool, the cool kids at my, at my school that like Dragon Ball Z were wearing Jinko jeans. So, yeah. I don't know why, but, but that was, so much happened, so much happened growing up that I'm like, you know what, I got to do that if I'm going to fit in. I dyed my hair blonde when the baseball team did it, even though all of them were white, um, to, like to fit in. So imagine me looking like Cisco. You know, like, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I just tried to fit in so bad and I don't know why it just kind of happens okay I'm, I'm not proud of it I'm actually embarrassed but I'm trying to be real and vulnerable in hopes that you guys can connect okay um 
But recently, um, recently, I went through a phase, and my wife is awesome. So my wife really, I'm sure she cares about fitting in somehow, but, but gen- generally, she just doesn't. She kind of does her own thing. She, she listens to weird music. She j- I mean, she just, she just doesn't care. That's one of the reasons why, why I love her, because she's not trying to be anybody else. She just does her thing. I'm always trying to be anybody else. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. So my wife lets me walk through these stages and these seasons, and she's so supportive. She's like, Okay, babe, just do your thing. Um, recently, I went through this stage on my Instagram where I wanted to be an artist, okay? Um, I, felt like I, I felt like my creativity as a pastor was being stifled, and I wasn't being able to, like, uh, express myself enough through messages and sermons. So I was like, man, I need another way. I just... I, I, I got to find another way. I got to find another outlet. I got to find another medium. And that medium was Instagram. So I felt like I would try to do these cool, like, Instagram posts that were super hip and abstract. And I'm really into this artist named Basquiat only because my, my, my old best friend who I thought was cool was into him. But I'm into him too now, and I was really into it. So what I started doing was I started putting a picture of me, usually a selfie, uh, on the background of Basquiat's painting. It ended up just looking like pixel art. Like, like it, there was nothing artistic about it. It looked like a four-year-old got on a Microsoft computer and went to town on paint and threw my selfie on it. <laughs> and I only did it because I saw some cool people doing it, and I was like, maybe I could express myself if I do this. This is cool. I turned it out to just be weird, and I archived them. Anybody else know what archiving is? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for a little bit of archiving. I'm so glad Instagrams aren't permanent. Um, but I don't know why I do this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just being real. Like, I, I, I try to be my own person. I try to like all the things that I want to like, but, but somehow I always can connect it back to it being somebody's admiration or somebody's acceptance or, or, or somebody's, yeah, you can join this, whatever. I don't know why I do that, but, but I'm going to be honest tonight. I feel like that's a problem we all deal with. I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like ever since I was a kid, it's not even necessarily that, that your, your self-esteem or your self-worth rises or, or falls based on who thinks you're cool or not. I'm just saying even the things that you think are cool are only cool because somebody else you think is cool thought it was cool. Follow me? I don't, I don't know if you've ever dealt with this before, but the truth is it's human nature. And there's, there's bound to be one person that's going to come to me after the service and be like, yeah, Jerry, listen, I'm going to be real with you, though. I ain't never tried to be nobody but me. What? Bet. Oh, I'm good. And like, like, it's going to happen. It always does. And I promise you, I can pick three people on Instagram and from the 90s that they're trying to be in like two seconds. I mean, it, will ha- it just will happen. The truth is, n- the, the Bible even says there's nothing new under the sun. We all in some sort of way are trying to be like something we think is going to help us fit in a little bit better. And that's just the truth of human nature. I'm not even trying to make you feel bad. It's natural. It's natural. If you're around a lot of people that love CrossFit, guess what you're probably going to start doing after a few months? I mean, the first week you'll say, man, it's terrible for your body, man. You know, it's, it's hard on your tendons, you know, like it's, but three months later, you're going to be like, oh man, rich froning, oh, lifting weights, ah, oh, power cleans, brah. It just happens like that. You, you, you used to hate that type of music and then you kind of heard it for a little while and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Huh. Okay. I like that. But, but it's just true. Human nature is that we try to fit in as best 
that we can. We try to find a majority or even, even a minority, but anything that we can find so we're not alone, we latch onto it. Even if it's us being different, we find other people that are trying to be different and we be different together. But it doesn't matter what it is. As human beings, we are always trying to fit into a niche. Oh, I want to join a sorority. Why? Because I want to be like those people. Oh, I want to join this, this new band. Why? Because I like the lifestyle that they live. It happens. It's natural. It's not a bad thing. The truth is, you were created like that. That's your genetic makeup. Brotherhood, camaraderie, community. I'm not making fun of you. I do the same thing. I'm saying this is what we do. As believers, as humans, as non-believers, it doesn't matter who we are, we're always looking for a crew. Nobody just wakes up and goes, man, I really hope everybody hates me today. No, like genuinely, I just, I pray that no one likes me. Nobody does, it's not a thing. No matter how many or, or few friends you have, almost everything we do is an effort to try to fit into a niche. And like I said, the truth is, that's your genetic makeup. That's how you were developed. There's, there's something about your DNA, there's something about your instinct that always tries to find a hurt. It, anybody who's a human is genetically coded to roll with the pack. You're stronger with the pack, your, G, your DNA and your genetic code says. You're stronger with the pack. It goes all the way back to caveman days. You can hunt better when there's 10 of y'all uh, rather than when there's one of you. We always roll better when there's more of us. The, the thing is, and the thing I want to point out today, is that while there, there's nothing inherently wrong with joining and, and getting in community, what I have to make you aware of tonight is the motive. See, most people, when they join a group or when they join a fraternity, they just want friends. Why? I just don't want to be alone. Uh, or, or, oh, man, I just need something to do on the weekends. Or, or, or oh, man, it helps me connect better. I can get connected. I, can, I know when things are going on and I can have fun and I can do this and I can do that and I can boom. And, I can, and there's so many thousand different reasons why we want to join up a, another group of people. There's so many thousand different reasons why we want to fit in with this certain group of people. But the truth is, and here is the truth, that every single person in here, including the sound guys that don't like to really make friends, every single person in here is dealing with something absent in our genetic code. Every person is born with a little something missing. What is it? Love. Love. Love is the one thing you were missing when you were created. Why? Because God is love, and when sin came into the earth, guess who you were separated from? God. Guess what you were separated from? Love. Guess what every single thing you do to be, to, to be accepted, to fit in, to join this group, to join this fraternity, to join this sorority, to be with these guys, or to be with those girls, or to dress like this, or to dress like that. All of that can wrap, be wrapped up in one simple stuff, statement. You just want to be loved. You just want to be loved. Even my homies that have been at the, at the gym a couple of hours too long. Like, y'all just want to be loved too. It's harder to hug you because you're so wide, but you're hard, you want to be loved too. You work out because you want somebody to love you. She's about five foot. No, <laughs> We're genetically made up to want to be loved. 
And I love, I'm, so, I'm so excited to be able to share that with you because you have been living your whole life, if you didn't know this, trying to fill this gap. That's why you joined this friend group and that's why you joined that friend group and that's why you date this person and that's why you date that person. You have a hope. We have a hope. We need to be loved. The beauty of Christianity is that the one thing that we're so desperate for is the one thing believers are most designed to give. See, the one thing that everybody in this world is so desperate to have, is so desperate to receive, is the one thing that believers have been so perfectly carved out to give. And that's what Paul is saying here. If you look back at the scripture, Paul says, above all, love. Above all, love. Why? Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of differences. Love covers a multitude of lifestyles that are changing and that are switching. If you love people, there's something about you that becomes attractive. And Paul understands this. Paul understands that if this, if this small community can understand that above doctrine, above their, their cool worship music, above their, their Instagram feeds, or, or, or above their, their friend groups. If they can understand that above all of these different things, that they should put love, loving God and loving people more specifically, as their first priorities, what will begin to happen is that the fundamental things that make that community what it is will begin to change. Boom. And in its place... Is, is, is a community that's healthy, that's growing, but more importantly is that it's replaced by a community that is so irresistibly attractive that so many people, no matter the race, the color, the creed, the gender, the sexuality, will be attracted to it, irresistibly attracted to this love and acceptance. Paul, I mean, Peter says, above all, love because he knows that if above all you love, you're going to above all attract so many people that need love. I don't know if you caught the beginning of the message, but everybody needs love. So what is he saying? Love people. Why? Because when you love people, you're going to attract people. As a matter of fact, you're going to attract all people. When you're, when you're this little community, no matter how big you are, that, that loves people so, so fervently and, and is so passionate about loving and accepting and including and being a part and, and, and having each other's backs and, and being there for each other. When you're doing this and you're loving people so well, what begins to happen is you start developing this quality about you that people can't really put their finger on, but they want to know about it. There's something weird about that Thursday night gathering. I don't know what it is, but when I walk into the room, something changes, something in the air, even in my heart. Like, I don't know what it is that I'm feeling, but something's a little bit different. What is that? It's a secret sauce. It's that thing that MJ gave Bugs Bunny at Space Jam. No, it's love. There's no special ingredient. See, I love, I love Christianity because... Most people think it's this like mystic religion that you can only be a part of if you feel it. But I, I, I genuinely love Christianity because it's actually logical. But like if we go back and think about Peter writing this to, to this group of believers that are in distress, it's actually really, really logical. Why? Because what Peter's doing is he's taking the most basic human felt need and telling a body of believers to address it. Look out. 
This is not some holy roly guacamole type stuff where you got to fall out and be literally, literally Peter's saying the most basic human need. Why don't that be the biggest priority that you meet? Man, if churches in America caught that, we couldn't keep our doors open long enough. There's the most basic human need is, is to be loved. Even over Eden. We just want somebody to care about the fact that we're hungry. We want to be loved. We want to be loved. It's the most basic human need that Peter is addressing. It's logical. It's not, it's not this, this wild and incredible theological idea that he's introducing to this body of believers. It's actually incredibly logical. He's saying meet their basic needs and they're going to come and want to know what it is you're trying to give them. We have to love people. We have to love people. Let me help you make this make sense real quick. I need, this is going to be annoying because y'all going to have to get up out of your seats and leave your Bibles. But I need you, 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 Just come up on stage. Come on. Real quick. Everybody give them a hand. Hurry up. We ain't got all day. My clock is ticking. I got six minutes. Let's go. But I love you. Check it. All right. All right. All right. Hustle, 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 hustle. Okay. My twin. Come here. You stand right here. <clears throat> you stand right here. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all stand over there. Don't get in my way. Back up. Go ahead. Uh, look, look. Stand right there. Stand right there. Okay. Now, now, what do you always say, especially if you're, you're, you're in a really great relationship with somebody, y'all been boys for a long, a long time, or y'all been girls for a long, girlfriends, whatever y'all say, for a long time. You say, I got your what? Back. That, that is the most basic human idea of friendship is that you you make a friend why so you have somebody watching your what back right i got your back that's like we're boys we're bo i got your back okay that makes sense turn back to back so this is what this is what having your back looks like in the world turn this way face this way you come here right here no 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 face that way there you go boom 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 i got your back so now he sees what's coming this way. He sees what's coming this way. They covered each other's blind spots. Boom. They're best bros. They're hooping all the time. They're going to the gym. Uh, they're doing their thing. Like, like, like they have each other's back. Friendship is beautiful. Now let's say they wanted to add somebody to their friend group, right? Right? Okay, you come here. You come here. She, they're like, we got your back. And she's like, that's fine. I got your side. Okay, that's fine. Boom. She's right here. Her back is covered. Their backs are covered. Their sides are covered. Her side is almost covered. It's kind of empty, but she's all right. They, they can use their peripheral vision. They're all right. Boom. And they're like, oh, well, we have room for one more in our friend group. Perfect. Come here. You stand right here. Boom. Oh, look. I got your back. You got my back. They have my back. She's got my side. He has my side. We're all using our peripheral vision and everything's hunky-dory. It's great. Perfect. Now it gets a little tricky. We wanted to add to this friend group, uh, what would we do? Looks kind of full. Y'all kind of spin this way. All of y'all at the same time, just keep spinning, keep spinning, keep spinning. Boom. There's nowhere to go. Stop right there. There's nowhere to go. This friend group is maxed out. Have you ever been a part uh, of, a, of, a, of a giant group of friends where the inner circle of the group of friends seems like impenetrable? Like you can't for some reason get in and be friends with them. You just kind of always feel like an outsider no matter what you do. That's because homegirl is trying to get in and they're like, go ahead, try to get in, try to get in. They're like, wait, we don't have enough room to get your back. Sorry. Swerve. There's no more room. 
But that's what the world tells you is friendship. Max out on your, your quality of friends and you'll be okay. But at least everybody's got each other's backs. We can use our peripheral vision and we'll be okay. Let me show you what the body of Christ looks like. I want everybody make a circle. Y'all make a circle. Y'all make a circle. Everybody make a circle real quick. Make a circle. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Now turn out. Now starting here, you put your hands on her shoulders. You put your hands on her shoulders. You put your hands on her shoulders. You put your hands on his shoulders. You put your hands on her shoulders. You put your hands on her shoulders. Boom. Guess what? Everybody has everybody's back now. What are we looking at? He's got his back. She's got his back. He's got her back. They got each other's side. They can, she's giving him a massage. If you got a girlfriend, be careful. I mean, we are looking... <laughs> We are looking at Christian community at its finest. What's happening? They have each other's backs. And guess what? Come here. Come here. Just come here. Just jump on the stage. Come here. Hurry up. Jump on the stage. Come on. Come on. Show me your limber. There you go. Don't kneel. Whatever. All right. Boom. I want to ask somebody in the friend group. Oh, perfect. Nice to meet you. Oh, boom. You're in. Come here. Come here. Hurry up. Jump on the stage. Come. Jump on the stage. Show me. Oh, there it is. I hope you don't trip. Boom. Oh, I want to ask somebody. We can keep doing this forever. Why? That's what the body of Christ should look like. Not the massaging part. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and have a seat. Give them a hand. That's what the body of Christ should look like. It's a never-ending adding to your friend group. That's why Paul says, above all, he doesn't say above all, be loved. He doesn't say, above all, receive love. He says, above all, to love. Why? Because when you're not worried about who's loving you, you're only worried about who you're loving. Somebody else is going to come and love you back. That's what Christ-like community should look like. But there's so many believers who have tasted and seen the joy of true, genuine, Christ-like community. And they've seen the, the effects that it has on their life. And they see, they've seen how they're growing. And they're see, they've seen how they're developing. And they're watching God do incredible things in their life. And for some reason, they want to take the love of God and the love that he's given them. And they want to hide it. And only keep it to their friends. That doesn't make any sense. That's the world's version of having your back. It caps out. If you've seen the way that Christ has taken on your life and showed you new relationships and new possibilities and new dreams and encouraged you and spurned you forward towards more growth and developing and more, and more things happening in your life that you can't even believe, and God's doing so much even in your relational community, and you're watching him do, it, do all these things why in the world would you want to hide that love? See, Peter understands this. He says, pause. Above all, love people. He doesn't say receive love. Why? Because he knows when you're worried about receiving love, at some point you cap out. But if you're only worried about loving people, you're so irresistible that so many people are getting added to your chain daily. So many people are coming to know Jesus. So many people are watching your life, watching how God is loving you, and watching how you're loving people, that it begins to be this contagious sea of people just loving each other above anything else. We're watching God work. But what's the key? you got to have love. See, the beauty of that passage of Scripture when Paul says, I mean, Peter says, use your gifts. Use your gifts for one another. Is that if you're only worried about who's giving you their gift, you're not giving a gift. 
We're not worried about who's loving us. We're only worried about loving. See, the beauty of Christianity is that it's the only, it's the only belief that doesn't just encourage, but better yet, demands that we irrationally love people more than we love ourselves. But here's the thing. When you irrationally love somebody else more than you love yourself, there's going to be other believers doing the same for you. Boom. That's what Christ-like community was always meant to look like. And those of you guys who have actually received it and been around long enough to see it, what are you doing? There's so many people that need to be loved that aren't getting it. What are we doing? What are we doing? Man, I have, I have dreams for view. I do. Like, I've talked to people before, and if, if we're close, I'll probably share with you this vision I have where, where view is packing out the Mitchell Center, and we're reaching college kids that are lost, and that there's not a seat filled, and there's thousands of kids screaming the name of Jesus, and watching him work in their life. We're watching him move across our city, changing people's hearts and changing people's life. But you want to know what I dream for harder? A community of believers that put nothing, and I mean nothing, over love. I'd rather stay at 50 if we loved people. Because the truth is, this isn't just a, a service or, or, or this thing that we do to put on and, and to have fun and, and to, to, to just be a part of City Hope Church. And, but this, this is not what that is. This isn't a place where you just come and sit and be a spectator. This is supposed to be a body of believers that are so connected that it looks like that circle right there. But you know what? There's believers on the outside of that circle looking at it like, man, I don't know if I can jump in on that. I, I, I don't know if, if they even want me in on that. The stuff I've been through in my life, I don't know if they want that kind of baggage in their circle. And we're looking at them going, yeah, well, I'm good. My back's covered. Take a hand off and bring him in. There's so many people, even tonight, I, I can feel it tonight. There's people that need it tonight. They need to be loved tonight. They need people in their life tonight. The truth about real friends is that in order to get real friends, you got to be a real friend. And that's a challenge to my believers in this room who are in a small group, who are being loved, who are seeing God do some incredible things in their life. There's some people that need it. Every head bow, every eye closed. If you're in this place tonight, you don't know what that love feels like. You really don't know what God's love in your life looks like, feels like. But you want to. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but tonight you want to change all that. If that's you and you're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, I just want you to slip your hand up. Amen. 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 
Let me pray this prayer with you. And if you don't mind, guys, everybody in this room, say this with me. This is for the two guys that just raised their hand and said, I want to follow Jesus. This is a beautiful turning point in your life. And I want every single person to repeat after me as we say this with our new brothers. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I know I messed up. I know my sins hurt you. But I believe that you died on the cross. And when you died, you took my sin with you. But when you rose, I rose with you. I believe in you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Make me new. Be the Lord of my life. Amen. And really quick, I know we just opened our eyes because I said amen. That's totally my fault. What I want to ask is this. If you don't mind, just close your eyes again. Because I don't want you to feel out of place. I just want to know. I want to be able to see you. If you're in here and that message hits you where you were and you're saying you desperately need genuine Christian community in your life and you don't have it, but you're willing to take a step tonight to get it, I just want you to slip your hand up. to stay stuck. Tonight is your opportunity. You don't have to stay stuck. You have two opportunities to change your situation right now, and here they are. One, when the prompt comes up, Baylor's going to come and close tonight's service. He's going to ask you to respond. All you have to do is text a response to 77453, and this is what's going to happen. That's your first way. If you do that, I'm going to personally reach out to you. I'm going to set up a face-to-face -face meeting with you. And we're going to talk about your next step. We're going to talk about the Christian community that God already has ready for you. All you have to do is be bold enough to text the number. That's it. And bold enough to sit down with me and me and you walk through a plan to help your life look better. And connect you with leaders and people that are going to love you and encourage you to walk this Christian life better. That's the first way. The second way, our small group leaders, small group leaders, you're listening to me right now, are going to be by that black curtain right outside. They're going to have phones in their hand ready to sign you up for a small group. Those are your two ways. And I pray that tonight you be bold enough to take a step, to stop staying stuck, but you're bold enough to say, I'm not just going to react anymore when I do bad stuff. I'm going to prepare by surrounding my, myself with the people that are going to take me to my destiny. God, I pray for every single person in this room tonight who's dealing with this crazy issue of trying to find out how to live a whole lot more like you and they feel like they're alone and they feel like nobody else is trying and they feel like every time they take two steps forward, it's three steps back. I pray for that person in this place tonight. I pray that, that you are moving on their hearts and you are changing things around to make sure they find the community that's gonna spurn them towards encouragement 
and purity and a life that looks like yours. Jesus, I pray boldness to act, to respond, and to get set up with practical steps that are going to help them see you in a more clear way. Jesus, this is a turning point tonight. I believe in you. God, I love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen.